Hello, lovely people. You are tuned into our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we dive into the thrilling world of financial mathematics and how deep learning revolutionizes it. Stick around as we unpack the paper titled A Deep, Implicit, Explicit, Minimizing Movement Method for Option Pricing in Jump Diffusion Models. We'll venture from the basics of option pricing to deep learning's role in it, unraveling the complexities in layman's terms. Let's get started. First up, the significance of this paper cannot be understated. In mathematical finance, computing the price of financial derivatives accurately and swiftly is a holy grail of sorts. Absolutely, Tom. Derivatives like options are the linchpin of modern financial markets. But what are they? An option is a contract that gives you the right, but not the obligation, to buy or sell an asset at a predetermined price on or before a certain date. Now we come to this paper's crux. It addresses European basket options, which get their value from a bunch of assets. The basket. If you imagine a regular call option as a bet on one horse, a European basket option is a bet on a team of horses, and you're concerned with their combined performance. So to determine the pricing, the authors deal with a complex beast, partial integro differential equations. These equations account for not only minor changes in asset prices, but also sudden jumps, reflecting real market behavior much better. Models that incorporate jumps are potent. They capture the real-world scenarios where asset prices don't just glide or tumble, but can also leap around due to surprise events, like corporate scandals or geopolitical upheaval. Now, the approach they take in the paper is a sort of two-step dance. Implicit-explicit minimizing movement with deep learning. Fancy, right? But what it essentially means is they're using both traditional and neural network-based techniques to predict option prices accurately. They don't stop there. These clever cookies used sparse grid Gauss-Hermite approximation and AN-based quadrature rules. In layperson terms, imagine plotting points on a dartboard. The approximation helps in hitting the right numbers without needing to cover every inch of the board. And because they're dealing with high dimensions, lots of underlying assets, they're ensuring that their neural network is savvy enough to respect the known behaviors and asymptotic properties of the options pricing. But it's not all theory. The team ran the numbers, testing their deep learning method and its robustness across different scenarios with real market models. The big takeaway? Their deep learning method nails it when it comes to efficiency and accuracy, even when throwing many assets into the mix which is massive because as the complexity of financial products increases, the need for such robust and efficient computational methods becomes ever more critical. Interestingly, this isn't just academic. If proven in the wild, this could significantly affect the trading strategies, risk management, and even regulatory frameworks in the financial industry. Now, Jack, after all that, what are your personal reflections on this paper? How do you see it fitting into the big picture beyond the financial algorithms? Jen, my thoughts exactly. It's a testament to interdisciplinary innovation, finance, computer science, and applied mathematics colliding. It propels the whole field of financial engineering forward. And it's not every day deep learning takes a leap into the stochastic realms of finance. This paper, it's not just an academic endeavor. It's potentially groundbreaking in applying neural networks to real-world fiscal puzzles. Let's land our session with this. Technology is changing how we understand and navigate financial landscapes, 
and deep learning might just be the newest member of the trading floor. Cheers to enlightening conversations and neural networks making sense. Until next time, keep pondering the algorithms that shape our world. This is Jen. And Tom, signing off. Keep your assets diversified and your neural networks deep. Hey, listeners, we're cutting in with a brief commercial break. Are you tired of your option pricing models moving slower than a tortoise on a lazy Sunday? Introducing Quantum Quaka, the company that's leaping out of the pages of the latest finance research papers and into the high-octane world of the stock market. Picture this, supercomputers and adorable quakas working together. Wait, what? Yes, quakas. They might not know finance, but they sure know how to jump, much like the jump diffusion models in option pricing. With Quantum Quaka, you get the Deep Implicit Explicit Minimizer, or D-I-E-M. And folks, it's time to carp that D-I-E-M. It slices, it dices, it crunches complex financial algorithms before you can say stochastic volatility. With our AI as sharp as a tack and as fast as a hiccup, your financial predictions will leap further than a kangaroo on a pogo stick. So if you want to jump ahead of the curve and land in the pouch of profitability, hop on over to Quantum Quaka. Quantum Quaka, making your options skyrocket, one quant at a time. Now, back to our regular programming. Welcome to today's episode, dear listeners. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're diving into the thrilling world of equity auctions, specifically a fascinating paper titled Equity Auction Dynamics, Latent Liquidity Models with Activity Acceleration, authored by Mohamed Salek, Damien Chalet, and Yuan Munitoke from Université Paris-Saclay. Absolutely, Jen. Now, equity auctions might not be something people think about every day, but they're a crucial piece of the financial markets puzzle. Typically, an equity auction is a different beast compared to the continuous trading that happens during the day. So let's set the stage by talking about why this paper is a big deal. For starters, auctions have a distinctive pattern. As the clock ticks down, there's a flurry of activity. Participants jostle, bids and offers are thrown in, and the action intensifies as the final bell approaches. This leads to a liquidity buildup, essentially a concentration of buying and selling interest around what's known as the indicative price, which is the price at which the asset would trade if the auction ended at that moment. That buildup Jen mentioned is significant because it translates to a smaller impact of individual trades on the price, and it also tends to calm down the volatility. Security prices aren't jumping as much. Now, our authors aren't just making observations. They've developed a model that tries to capture this whole complex dance. Tom, definitely. The latent revealed order book model used in this study is an extension of the models used to describe the dynamics of a limit order book that financial traders use. To simplify a potentially mind-boggling concept, think of latent orders as soldiers hiding in the bushes, ready to pounce. These orders exist, but they're not visible on the public order book. And revealed orders are the ones right there on the battlefield for everyone to see. The key behind this paper is adapting an existing framework to the nuances of the equity auction setting. The researchers have put in the work measuring and calculating various parameters like order submissions, cancellations, and movement or diffusion of these orders. Their methodology involves fitting models to real-world data from Euronext Paris during closing auctions. This isn't hypothetical stuff. 
it's the gritty reality of the market. And through this, we'll see just how predictive or not these models really are when it comes to indicative prices. Now for the heavy lifting. Let's unpack the research paper's objectives, methodology, and key findings. And don't worry if you're not a Wall Street wizard. Jen and I will do our best to keep the jargon to a minimum and the learning to a maximum. That's right, Tom. So stick around as we demystify latent liquidity models with activity acceleration in equity auctions. We promise it'll be more exhilarating than watching paint dry. But before we dive deep, let's pause here. You're tuned into the podcast that brings complex academic papers down to earth. After a quick break, we'll break down this intriguing study piece by piece. Stay with us. Welcome back. We've just introduced the paper we're focusing on today, Equity Auction Dynamics, Latent Liquidity Models with Activity Acceleration. Now, Jen, shall we start by demystifying some of the terms? I think we should, Tom. We'll be talking about equity auctions, liquidity, indicative prices, and latent versus revealed orders throughout the episode. It's important our listeners know what these mean. Right on. Starting with equity auctions, these are scheduled windows where stocks are traded based on orders accumulated over a period, leading to a single price that clears the market when the auction concludes. Liquidity is like the lifeblood of markets. It refers to how easy it is to buy or sell stocks without affecting their prices. High liquidity means lots of buyers are ready to trade, so you can execute large orders smoothly. The indicative price is basically a snapshot of what the final auction price would be based on the orders on hand at a given moment. And finally, latent orders refer to the hidden intention to trade at certain prices. They aren't part of the public order book. Revealed orders are visible to all market participants. To give an analogy, it's like we're looking at an iceberg. The revealed orders are what you see above the water, but there's a massive amount of hidden, latent orders underwater. That's our conceptual toolkit in a nutshell. Now let's strap in for the detail-rich discussion about the paper's objectives, including the methodology used by the authors and their key results. The researchers set out to adapt an existing model to specifically capture the unique behavior we see in equity auctions. This isn't just about tracking what happened. They want a model that can really represent the underlying dynamics. The main goal is to understand how these different factors they're measuring, like how often orders are submitted or canceled, or how much prices move as new information comes in, contribute to our understanding of liquidity and price formation in the final moments of the auction. What's intriguing here is the concept of activity acceleration. The idea is activity doesn't just increase, it speeds up at a faster rate as we get closer to the auction's close. To get there, they've been analyzing data from closing auctions on Euronext Paris. We're talking detailed number crunching to figure out how these various parameters like submission and cancellation rates behave. And then they put all these findings into a model, the dynamical equations of the latent liquidity framework, to see if they can convincingly recreate the auction book dynamics. So how did they do it? Well, first, they had to measure the cancellation rate. Every order placed is a chance for trade, but not every order sticks around. Some orders are flashed like fireflies, then pulled before they can be filled. They also measured the rate at which new orders are submitted. It's a race against time, with traders sizing up the situation and throwing in their bids and offers at the 11th hour. And let's not forget the measure of diffusion in the revealed order book. 
Imagine orders whispering secrets, nudging the entire book this way or that. The resulting moves are what the researchers are trying to track and understand. With all these components in hand, they aimed to solve the full set of dynamical equations. This is where the rubber meets the road, testing if their model of the auction book can really stand up to the complexities of a live market. Jumping ahead, the paper delves into the curious phenomenon of the indicative price. What's fascinating is that they found an absence of predictive power in this price. That means there's no secret crystal ball telling us where the price will ultimately land. And that's crucial, Jen. It suggests the market process is mostly fair and random, at least in the moments leading up to the auction's close. There's no golden key to predicting the outcome. It's about fairness in the markets, Tom. The paper's results point toward a system where no player can corner the market or have an unfair advantage in the final chaotic dance of the auction. But enough teasing. Let's really pick apart these methodologies and findings, and then we can circle back to talk about their implications and what it means for traders and the market as a whole. Sounds like a plan. We'll be back after this break to get into the nuts and bolts of equity auction dynamics, latent liquidity models with activity acceleration, and translate the academic into something a bit more digestible for all of us. Welcome back, folks. Now it's time to tackle the meat of the paper. Part of this involved fitting order books at auction time. To explain, the order book is like the ledger of buying and selling activity for a stock, and it changes fast. Analyzing the empirical dynamics means digging into the real data and observing how it dances during an auction period. One of the big takeaways is the cancellation rate, which they express as not L. It's a combination of the frequency and size of order cancellations. And Tom, the submission rate, noted as NARR, tells us about new orders entering the fray. It reflects both the rhythm of submissions and their typical size. Just like cancellations, these aren't static. They evolve as the market moves. Diffusion, marked by doctor, was also scrutinized. It's about understanding how much the price would move if a certain amount of trading volume hit the market. Think of it as measuring how much the ship rocks when cargo is loaded or unloaded. With all this, the researchers then aim to solve the dynamical equations. They're trying to recreate a living, breathing auction environment mathematically. If they're successful, they could capture the true spirit of the market. They present an in-depth discussion on their findings, but we'll boil it down for you. Essentially, the model holds up. It does a good job of replicating the behavior we actually observe in the market during these auctions. But here's where things get really interesting, Tom. When they look into the indicative price, they find something unexpected. Despite all the frenetic activity, there's no reliable way to predict where the price will end up. Participants can't consistently outguess the market. That's right, Jen. It's like saying the end of the auction is a roll of the dice. No matter how smart or how fast you are, the market is a great leveler. Which is a good thing. It reinforces our faith in the markets as a fair playing field where information and activity are efficiently absorbed into prices. But that's just scratching the surface. Let's unpack even more details after a short break and then discuss the potential impacts and applications of this paper's findings. Break. Okay, we're back and we've really pulled apart the research in this groundbreaking paper. Jen, let's talk about the implications and applications of these findings. Sure, Tom, these aren't just theoretical musings. 
The implications are practical and profound, especially for regulatory bodies looking to ensure market fairness and efficiency. Absolutely. Understanding auction dynamics can lead to better market designs that improve price discovery and liquidity, which benefits everyone from the small retail investor to the largest institutions. And there's more. By showing that the indicative price isn't predictable, it tells us that market manipulation or insider trading isn't easy to pull off. That level of unpredictability is a testament to a well-functioning market mechanism. Right, Jen. So if you're running a trading desk or developing algorithms for high-frequency trading, you need to understand these dynamics to improve your strategies or know what strategies won't work. As for future research, this model could serve as a starting point or a benchmark to delve deeper into auction mechanics or other aspects of market microstructure. So there you have it. Before we wrap up, we should discuss our own reflections on this paper. I'll start, Tom. What struck me most was the blend of complex mathematical modeling with pragmatic market observation. It's this blend that moves us closer to an honest picture of market behavior. For me, Jen, it's the balance between the theoretical and the empirical. This paper doesn't exist in an ivory tower. It's knee-deep in the muck and gears of the actual market. And that's powerful. And intriguing. This research shows us the heart of market dynamics, especially at moments when every microsecond counts. It's been a deep dive today, dear listeners, but we hope you've enjoyed the journey. Whether you're a market pro or just curious about the inner workings of finance, it's papers like this that shine a light on the often opaque waters of trading. We've tackled high-flying concepts and brought them down to earth. Thanks for tuning in, and if you liked our discussion, be sure to subscribe for more episodes where we break down the tough stuff into tasty intellectual morsels. Until next time, I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Keep your curiosity fresh and your mind sharp. We'll catch you on the next episode. End of podcast episode. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. Introducing Indicative Oracle. Tired of the unpredictable closing prices in equity auctions? Left guessing where the market's going to land? Worry no more. With Indicative Oracle's patented crystal ball technology, you'll get predictions that are as accurate as throwing darts blindfolded. That's right, folks. Why rely on pesky data and so-called models when you can embrace the chaos of the markets with our magic eight ball inspired devices? Just ask the Oracle a yes or no question like, will this stock go up? And get ready for answers like, ask again later, or reply hazy. Try again. Indicative Oracle is the perfect addition to any trader's toolkit. It might not improve your trading. But it will certainly improve your sense of humor about the unpredictability of it all. For a limited time, use the promo code UNPREDICTABLE to get a staggering 5% off your first Indicative Oracle. Because when it comes to the stock market, we could all use a good laugh. Indicative Oracle, where the market's unpredictability meets our unpredictability. Remember, investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal and also the risk of laughing too hard when using our product. Indicative Oracle is not responsible for your investment decisions, but we are responsible for adding a dash of humor to the trading floor. Welcome to our deep dive series, where we dissect and analyze cutting-edge research papers to keep you at the forefront of academic advancements. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. 
Today we're unraveling a fascinating paper titled Analysis of the Impact of Central Bank Digital Currency on the Demand for Transactional Currency by Rui Min Song, Tian Tian Zhao, and Chin Hui Zhou. This one's a doozy that dabbles in the intricate world of economics and digital innovation, so buckle up. Right you are, Jen. As we digitize every aspect of our lives, it should come as no surprise that our currency is going digital too. Central Bank Digital Currencies, or CBDCs, are redefining the monetary landscape. The sheer impact of this transformation merits comprehensive analysis, which is exactly what our paper today has tackled. Precisely, Tom. To set the stage, this paper is significant because it offers a critical glimpse into how CBDCs can potentially alter transactional money demand. By integrating the concept of CBDCs into the classical Baumol-Tobin money demand theory, the research presents a new transactional money demand model that accommodates the modern digital currency environment. And the key concepts here are centered on the Baumol-Tobin model itself, transactional money demand, and of course, CBDCs. Now, don't be intimidated by these terms. We'll walk you through them. For the uninitiated, the Baumol-Tobin model is an economic theory that explains how much cash or liquid assets individuals and businesses choose to hold at any given time, balancing the liquidity with return on investment, or as economists love to say, the opportunity cost of holding money. Central bank digital currency, on the other hand, is essentially a digital form of fiat money, a currency established as money by government regulation that has been digitalized. It holds the promise of increased transaction speed and reduced costs, potentially changing how we think about currency in our wallets or our phones. Onto the meaty part of the paper, the heart of their work lies in empirically testing the connection between CBDCs and transactional money demand. They use what's called the autoregressive distributed lag, ARDL model, to examine this relationship using quarterly data from 2010-2022. Right, Jen? ARDL, for our listeners, is a statistical technique that can capture the dynamics between long-term equilibrium and short-term movements in economics. Through this model, the researchers found that the growth of CBDCs could indeed lead to a reduction in the demand for transactional currency. But that's not all, of course. They also explored the underlying mechanisms by which CBDCs impact transactional money demand. The two primary factors are conversion costs, the expense of switching between cash and other assets, and the opportunity costs associated with holding cash versus other interest-bearing assets. We're seeing the potential for CBDCs to bring down these costs substantially. The paper drives home the point that CBDCs, due to their inherent conveniences, could crowd out traditional transactional currency usage by offering a more efficient alternative. Which brings us to the implications and applications. If CBDCs are reducing the demand for physical currency, the landscape of monetary policy and its implementation might see profound changes. This could influence everything from inflation control to how we approach financial inclusion. And what could this mean for the central banks? They may have to rethink their strategies for managing the money supply and consider the role CBDCs will play in the broader financial system. As we conclude, the paper leaves us pondering the future of currency. It highlights both the opportunities and the challenges that lie ahead with the advent of CBDCs and emphasizes the need for prudent policymaking that caters to the modern digital economy. Absolutely, Jen. This paper is not just academic exercise. 
its findings have real-world relevance that could shape how economies function in the near future. It's an exciting time in monetary policy, with digital currencies opening up new avenues and also presenting novel complications. And that wraps up this session, folks. We just went through a scholarly journey into the world of economics and digital transformation and emerged with a frank analysis of how CBDCs might just redefine the very fabric of transactional currency. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This has been an enlightening episode, and we hope you found it as intriguing as we did. Stay informed as we continue to navigate the digital waters of our financial future. Until next time, keep pondering the possibilities. And now a word from our futuristic sponsor. In a world where cash is as outdated as floppy disks, say hello to CBDC Buddy. You heard that right, folks. CBDC Buddy, the pocket-sized personal robot that helps you manage your central bank digital currency with a smile and a wink. No more fumbling for bills or coins that spread germs like they're going out of style. CBDC Buddy sanitizes your transactions with his ultraviolet light show. Left your digital wallet at home? No problem. CBDC Buddy is equipped with a holographic display so you can pay while doing the robot dance. Beep boop. Transaction complete. And for a limited time only, CBDC Buddy comes with a built-in mood detector. If you're feeling down about spending, he'll cheer you up with a dad joke or a compliment about your fiscal responsibility. Plus, with every transaction, he chortles with glee. Hear him exclaim, that's one small step for spending, one giant leap for digital currency. So don't be a dinosaur with a leather wallet. Get with the times. Get CBDC Buddy. CBDC Buddy is not responsible for excessive spending due to his irresistible charm. Batteries and economic stability not included. Call now and take the leap into the cashless future with your new best friend in finance. Stay tuned and stay funny, listeners. Welcome to our deep dive into the fascinating world of financial markets and the innovative ways experts are trying to predict their movements. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're unpacking a research paper that's making waves in the financial econometrics field. It's called Spot V2 Net, Multivariate Intraday Spot Volatility Forecasting via Vol-A-Vol Informed Graph Attention Networks. Volatility forecasting is a basically a crystal ball for financial experts. If you can predict how wild the price swings are going to be, you can make a lot of informed decisions, whether that's trading stocks, pricing options, or managing risk. This paper introduces an advanced tool in this quest to peek into the future, a model called Spot V2Net. Exactly, Tom. And traditionally, experts have focused on forecasting volatilities over the next day, something akin to predicting tomorrow's weather. However, with the rise of high-frequency trading, there's a new need on the block. Predicting volatility within the day, real short-term forecasting, almost like predicting when the next rain shower will hit in the next few hours. Spot V2Net is at the forefront of this, representing a leap in how we approach forecasting. It uses something known as graph neural networks, or GNNs, which is a type of machine learning architecture that's been successful in analyzing complex, multidimensional dynamic problems, like traffic flow or social networks. And this is where things get super interesting. In financial markets, each asset, think of stocks, bonds, commodities, these are all connected. A hiccup in one market can send ripples across the globe. 
GNNs are perfect for capturing these intricate, constantly changing relationships. What Spot V2 Net does is look at financial assets like nodes in a graph. Each node has features based on the asset's spot volatility, that's the instant measure of its price swings, and the co-volatilities, which represent how different assets sway in relation to each other. But here's the innovative part. It also looks at the edges of these nodes, which in this case means considering the volatility of volatility. Yep, that's how the intensity of price swings itself changes. Tom, it's like looking not just at how a boat rocks on the waves, but how the waves themselves are getting bigger or smaller. Absolutely, Jen. It's an intricate dance, and capturing this dance requires advanced math. We're talking non-parametric high-frequency Fourier estimates, which is a model-free, robust way of estimating these volatilities and their intensities. This means no singular model assumptions are binding their hands, and the estimates are efficient even with tricky market data noise. This paper's main attraction is its empirical muscle. It's been put through rigorous testing using high-frequency data from the Dow Jones Industrial Average stocks. And not just that, it was compared to traditional econometric models as well as other machine learning approaches. And guess what, Tom? Let me guess, Jen. Spot V2Net came out swinging? You bet. It showed improved forecasting accuracy and maintained it even when crunching multiple steps ahead, staying nimble across forecast horizons within a trading day. That's huge for traders and portfolio managers. They need to know risks and potential price movements real-time to adjust their strategies. They'd also be glad to know about the GN Explainer, which the authors use to shed light on the model's decision-making process. It's crucial to trust and interpret the complex machine learning model at work behind the scenes. Absolutely. These insights could eventually be what traders use to tune their strategies, or even for regulators to keep an eye on market stability. Plus, Tom, if enhanced accuracy in forecasting wasn't enough, Spot V2Net is equally impressive in painting a clear picture of what's happening and why in the financial markets. In wrapping up, this paper doesn't just introduce a robust forecasting model. It advances the understanding of market dynamics, volatility, and the interconnectedness of assets, all with an impressive array of techniques borrowed from the cutting edge of machine learning. And with that, we're at the end of our in-depth look at Spot V2Net and its peek into the future of financial forecasting. Hopefully you found it as fascinating as we did. We can't wait to see how this model will be leveraged by market mavens and quants out there. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, in the high waves of financial markets, understanding the Spot V2Net model might just be the lighthouse guiding your way. Until next time, I'm Tom. And I'm Jen, signing off. Keep an eye on those financial forecasts, folks. Are you tired of boring old volatility forecasts that have the predictive power of a magic eight ball? Well, hold on to your stock portfolios because the future is here with Together Spot V2 Netrics. Yes, Spot V2 Netrics, your one-stop shop for crystal clear, lightning fast volatility predictions. Our secret? A team of rogue math wizards has jammed the power of volavol-informed graph attention networks into a sleek, pocket-sized crystal ball. Why settle for gazing at mere volatility when you can have the volatility of volatility at your fingertips? Spot V2 Netrix isn't just any forecasting tool. It's like having a financial soothsayer with Wi-Fi. 
it'll keep you ahead in the stock market game with bizarrely accurate intraday predictions. No more sweating through market swings. With Spot V2 Netrics, you'll be the cool cat on Wall Street, predicting fluctuations before they even know what hit them. And for just 99 easy payments of $99.99, you can lease your very own Vol Oracle. But wait. There's more. Order in the next 20 microseconds to have your Spot V2 Netrics delivered by a time-traveling drone yesterday. Spot V2 Netrics. Because who needs hindsight when you've got GraphSight? Offer only valid in parallel universes where time travel is non-problematic. Spot V2 Netrics is not liable for any paradoxes or temporal anomalies. Predict it before you needed it. Welcome back, folks, to another riveting episode of our finance and technology series. Today's discussion dives into a cutting-edge concept that's making waves in the finance sector. That's right, Tom. We'll be unraveling the complexities of a fascinating research paper titled CNN DRL for Scalable Actions in Finance. This piece is a short paper from the CSCI RTAI, and we're here to dissect it in layman's terms for all our curious listeners out there. Let's start with the background. The finance sector is known for being incredibly dynamic and volatile, and predicting stock movements has long been the holy grail for investors and traders alike. And that's where machine learning, or ML for short, comes into play. ML algorithms have revolutionized various industries, and finance is no exception. Reinforcement learning, a branch of ML, refines actions through repeated interactions with the environment, learning to maximize rewards over time. However, financial markets are a beast of their own, with myriad variables and an ever-changing landscape. Traditional ML approaches, like the multi-layer perceptron-based deep reinforcement learning, or MLP-based DRL, struggle with this unpredictability, especially as the scale of actions like buying and selling shares increases. This is significant because it's not just about whether to buy or sell, but also how much. When you start dealing with hundreds or even thousands of shares, these older models just can't keep up. They can't adapt quickly enough to the complex and fast-paced changes in the trading environment. That's where this paper brings in a breakthrough with convolutional neural networks, or CNNs. Unlike their MLP counterparts, CNNs are designed to recognize localized patterns regardless of their position, which makes them ideal for feature extraction, even in large-scale situations. And in this paper, the authors propose a CNN architecture as a DRL agent, specifically designed to handle financial data. This CNN agent has been compared to the traditional MLP one, and spoiler alert, it shows some pretty promising results. Absolutely, Jen. Their extensive experiments demonstrate that while the MLP-based agent starts to flounder and lose out as the action scale increases, the CNN agent manages to stay on top of things, learning effectively, and even increasing its rewards. That sets the stage, but let's dive into the core of this paper. The research was aimed at addressing the inefficacies of MLP-based DRL in financial applications. The key here is the scalability of actions. As investors think bigger, their tools need to keep pace. The method was quite ingenious. They used a sequence of daily feature vectors from a 90-day period to create a matrix, which is then given as input to the CNN. The daily feature vector contains a variety of financial data, including stock prices and financial ratios of 30 companies. Tom, those financial ratios aren't just random numbers. They include liquidity ratios, like the current ratio, 
and efficiency ratios, which show how well a company uses its resources. There's also profitability ratios, like operating margin and return on equity, and valuation ratios that give insights into the company's stock price. Spot on, Jen. They used these metrics to represent the state of the financial environment in the CNN's matrix format, which is key for the algorithm to make trading decisions. And their methodology wasn't just about creating a fancy CNN model. They compared it with two common reinforcement learning algorithms known for their high performance, Proximal Policy Optimization, PPO, and Soft Actor Critic, SAC. The results? They were striking. The CNN surpassed the MLP when it came to stability and learning effectiveness. They increased the action scale to 1,000 shares, and while the MLP agent choked, the CNN agent thrived, showcasing its robustness and scalability. Why does this matter, though? Well, the implications are vast. If this CNN-based DRL agent can consistently outperform traditional models in such a high-stakes, complex environment, think of all the applications in finance. Indeed, Jen. Our CNN can potentially transform everything from personal investment strategies to high-frequency trading and even portfolio management for big financial institutions. As we wrap this up, let's remind our listeners of the essence of today's topic. We've explored how a well-designed CNN DRL framework for scalable actions could revolutionize financial trading by effectively handling larger action scales without compromising the learning ability. The key takeaway is that as we scale our actions in the world of finance, having the right tools, like the robust CNN DRL agent proposed in this paper, is crucial not just for survival, but for success in this ever-changing market landscape. And for those who say finance is all about numbers and charts, think again. It's also about innovation and staying ahead of the curve with advanced technologies like CNN DRL. This paper isn't just a one-off. It's the beginning of a new era in financial decision-making. Totally. We encourage our listeners to keep an open mind and look out for the ripples this research will make in the finance sector. Till next time, keep learning and keep trading smart. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, in finance and technology, knowledge is the best investment you can make. Have you been trading stocks with the finesse of a potato? Do your investment decisions have less structure than a bowl of spaghetti? Then, folks, it's time to meet Financial Flare, the brainchild rising from the cutting-edge research on CNN DRL for scalable actions in finance. Imagine a trading assistant that doesn't just process numbers, but sees the hidden patterns in your jalapeno popper expenditures and your sock purchases. Financial Flare is not your average robo-advisor. It's like having a Wall Street wolf in your pocket. Only it's been trained to herd your financial sheep with the precision of a sheepdog wearing spectacles. Tired of buying high and selling low? Financial Flare flips that script, all while doing a backflip over the conventional MLP-based DRL models and sticking the landing like an Olympic gymnast. With our state-of-the-art CNN technology, we've trained Financial Flare to play the stock market better than you play Guitar Hero in your basement. It handles thousands of shares with the grace of a ballerina juggling chainsaws on a unicycle, which is to say, pretty darn impressive. Don't let your investments go on a roller coaster ride that only goes down. Bring in the clowns, smart clowns with big finance brains. Visit financialflare.ai today and let your investments soar on the wings of a money savvy, algorithmic eagle. Financial Flare, because when it comes to your moolah, 
We've got the hula, stocks, bonds, crypto. Oh my, we've got you covered. Sign up now and get a free ebook. 10 financial patterns you didn't know were more predictable than your cat's mood swings. Financial flair. The future of fintech is here, and it's weirdly wonderful. Disclaimer. All investments involve risks, including the possible loss of principal. Financial Flair is not responsible for decisions made while under the influence of cat videos. 